Certification 101 podcast, a series of episodes where we talk about certification, what it is, who does it, and get into the details on certification best practices. Today on the show, we're going to talk about organizational structures and what is required of them at a certification body. Stay tuned. episodes now, which is really exciting. And we're also now getting past some of those somewhat boring initial topics and getting into things that are a little bit more exciting. Resource availability and management is something a little more in my interest zone, so I'm excited to talk to you about this. Now, I already covered this somewhat in a previous episode, so you already sort of know my feelings on the topic, but let's start with the requirements first and then get into commenting on them. So in general, the ISO requirements are Number one, have enough resources. This is mainly centered on people, but could apply to equipment and systems as well. But mainly this is staffing, either internal, external, or a combination. And then number two, manage those people by evaluating them before they start and during their career to measure and ensure competence. So those are two really hard topics to cover and hard for CBs to meet. So let's tackle the first one, having enough resources. I've said this before that I think one of the largest issues at NECB is not having enough resources, specifically admin resources available to perform the tasks in a timely manner. It's really hard for accreditation bodies to evaluate that and harder still to call CBs on it and make them improve. Essentially, to get more resources, you have to take away from profit margins to get there. And that's something that is unlikely to happen at very many CBs. So most CBs operate with what would be considered bare-bones staffing. I've worked at places that could likely and probably should double the amount of admin staff they have. I also don't think this is only for certification. This is a problem in many industries, so I know it's just a general complaint. So perhaps a better way to look at this is where should resources be added to most CV processes. This is really where metrics can come into play, and ultimately where you need a really automated system or a really repeatable non-automated system so you can easily track things. You really need to measure yourself to death to know where the pain points are in each process. Only then can you really get at the root of the issues and find where there may be staffing issues. At CBs I've worked at, this included measuring the sales pipeline and the typical waterfall metrics that most sales functions nowadays are comfortable measuring and being measured against. So how many customers are coming in, how many sign, how many go through the evaluation steps, how many get certified, how many pay, and then how many come around the next time the cycle is up and then turnaround times for each of those steps. Measure that and you're well on your way. What you'll likely find is there will be a step somewhere that typically centers around some sort of technical need, assuming that is in your process, that will be the slow point, the bottleneck that all other parts are dependent on. Every CV I have worked at or known of has this issue. The technical review portion is the single most difficult area to address because it relies on really competent people doing the work, and they are hard to find and keep around. So my recommendation is to throw as many resources at that area as possible. And if you end up with extra, give them other admin tasks to do, but keep those resources available. It's the single best way to scale the certification body. Beat everyone else, not only on price and competence, but on turnaround. 
and you can do all of that by having a robust technical staff. Yes, it will cost more money, and that is well worth it in the long run. I'd rather grow 10% annually and have slightly smaller profit margins than grow 3 to 5% with slightly larger profit margins. I think anyone would do that over the long term. And that's what is possible, not guaranteed, but possible, with an excess of talent in the technical staff. Now, obviously, you can't just keep hiring technical staff. The growth curve is not infinite. So at some point, other areas or just market forces will prevent huge, absurd, doubling year-over-year growth. But certainly, it's possible to grow really fast in certification using highly qualified technical staff. I think smaller CVs tend to do this better because you can have a small core of really competent people and they can drive many of the processes and through their knowledge and experience they can do a variety of tasks really quickly. But once you get out of that initial small stage and into medium and then into large CVs, that scaling doesn't work. You're going to have fresh out of school people working at a CV and how you train them and bring them up to speed makes a difference. But how do you find these people and further what do you do once you get them? This gets to the second part of the ISO requirement, which is the competence issue. So ISO says you need to determine the competence of individuals. That determining word is the issue. How does one determine competence? Well, that is hard to define and likely depends heavily on the arena the CV is in. In general, in the hiring process, I'm looking far more for attitude than historical knowledge. Certification is a relatively small industry, and there's not a lot of lifetime professionals who administer certifications. It's just not a huge career path for a variety of reasons. So that means it's hard to find people who have experience at other CVs. If you can, scoop up the competent people. You should. But barring that, you're likely going to need to hire off the street and train yourself. Therefore, your initial evaluation of competence is less on the technical aspects for the most part and more on the soft skills part. There's obviously exceptions to this, where in some areas you have to have certain industry experience to be able to perform the functions. You can't be a finance auditor without a background in finance. But beyond those prerequisites, it can be fairly open-ended. Therefore, it's really the setup of the quality system and how you train and measure people on their competence in that area that is more important. And so really what this is getting at is the training system. How well do you train and evaluate your personnel? In my experience, every task is laid out in a list, and then there is a training process for each individual task with supporting training materials referenced. So you should have standard operating procedures or SOPs that cover each of those tasks, and therefore are the references for those tasks, along with other training materials. And then you have to evaluate those individuals, and that could be through examples and witnessing those examples, or through an exam of some sort or a combination. But somehow you have to evaluate their competence and record it. This is difficult and can be extremely time-consuming. The training regimen at 1CB I worked at was six months to get a person signed off on a majority of the tasks. I don't know many jobs that have a six-month training program for an entry-level position. So it's tough. It's long. It's hard. It's expensive. But that is the business we are in. Once those requirements have been met, then you have a trained person. And through experience, can build them into that technical staff that you need to have in your bullpen, ready to go pick up technical issues that arise. And in fact, that should be the goal, transitioning admin people into technical roles through training internally. That provides a technical resource pipeline that you can use and ultimately gets at having a robust organization that has the necessary resources available to accomplish all the certification tasks. And that's how you can meet and then exceed the resource availability requirements put on CVs. And that brings us to the end of the episode where we talked about resource availability. Thanks for listening to the Certification 101 podcast. I've been your host, Tom Spoden, and I'm looking forward to talking with you in the future. Stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to talk about a set certification process. 
Looking forward to talking with you then. Take care.